if you can get, you know, your first goal to be like, I want 50 followers, like that's a very small goal, but it's doable. And then after you have 50 followers, you'll realize like, oh, wait, I could have doubled this goal. It's a lot easier to keep having smaller goals that you will be able to fulfill than being like, I want to have 10,000 followers right now. It's a lot harder <laughs> to think about because even if you made, you know, a thousand followers, that's really great, like social proof for a lot of people. If somebody looks at your page and they're like, wow, a thousand other people like followed you. That is a definite like positive. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today, our guest is Riley. She's an NFT artist and much more. So Riley. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Super excited to talk about, you know, being a creator and, you know, more than that. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Can you tell the audience uh, who you are and what's your background and what kind of content you create? Absolutely. So my name is Riley Armand. Um, I started as a model and an artist, but I ended up, you know, discovering Web3 and NFTs and started, you know, creating my own crypto art and I create a lot of content surrounding like education about NFTs and how to enter the space safely and you know, not get scammed and, you know, what information is really key to know, like for an artist or a musician that wants to get into the space. But I also am a really big fan of the lifestyle genre. So I just mm -hmm. love sharing about my life. You know, I think a lot of people like to see adventures and cats and, you know, just things that, you know, humanize creators a little bit too. Like not everything has to be super like, oh, this is going to go viral <laughs> immediately. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit of like um, uh, authentic vibe that you should kind of like stick to when it comes to creating content that I believe a lot of people kind of lose because of uh, yeah. the hype of things and, you know, uh, especially on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually really do love TikTok, though. I've had a lot of good connections between other creators on TikTok. So I would say if you feel comfortable, like reaching out to creators mm -hmm. that you trust on there, it's like it can be a really great way to make friends, honestly, online. Absolutely. Um, so, Riley, can you tell us a bit about the background that you have that made you kind of jump on the NFT space? Like, can you tell us about that transition and how it happened to you? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people grew up and they knew that like, oh, you know, art, like you can't make money in that. So when I was growing up, I didn't really think of my art as like, oh, that's going to be my career for sure. So I went into mathematics and I really wanted to study like the logical side of things and just how, you know, the world worked in that sort of sense. And I think that learning math has never really hurt me in my journey into like learning more about new technologies. But that's where I started. And I kind of realized that like the NFT space is really bringing together like creativity and technology, which is something that I felt really passionately aligned about. And so that's kind of why I chose to like really dive full into the space. That's awesome. Because uh, I'm a big fan of the metaverse and I believe yeah. it's going to change the world in a big way. Of course, we're not seeing that, that, you know, that big impact yet, but I believe it's mm -hmm. coming and um, it, it's something that I'm um, keeping an eye on. Like I have a YouTube channel for tech, so I'm a big nerd <laughs> and I love to kind of like, yeah, see what's coming in the future. And I, I can see things going into this like virtual reality AR thing that Apple is working on. Google is like trying to get in that space really aggressively. And of course, Facebook. So there's, it's going to be like a platform war in the future for the metaverse. And it's, it's actually starting now. So can you tell us a bit about your involvement with the NFT space and and uh, maybe the metaverse and what do you see uh, in, in this space? 
Oh yeah, definitely. So I first actually discovered the NFT space in 2017, which was pretty early. And I heard about it through a project called CryptoKitties, which is still around today. Yeah. I think like the internet culture and cats, it's like very popular. And it's also kind of an intro into like NFTs and gaming. So it caught on like really well. And after that, you know, I kind of left the space for a little while until, uh, you know, 2020 came around and I kind of became reinvigorated. And I was like, oh, hey, I kind of remember these NFT (laughs) things. I think I heard about them once before, but I was able to get more educated the second time around and finally able to create my own. Like I have a little bit of coding experience, but it's pretty hard to just pull on code by yourself. So I really leaned on the community side of the NFT like community. And Web3, when I came back in to actually like really, you know, move forward and progress in the space. Like I had heard about it before, but it wasn't really like something that I would say I was passionately involved in until like 2020. So it took a long time. And I would say like content creation or, you know, really any journey where you're going to be like building a personal brand like this, like it could take like five years. That's not something that everyone wants to hear. But yeah, I think it's it's impossible to just be an overnight success without like any foundation for like, let's keep that going forward. Like, (laughs) I I like uh, a tweet that uh, Gary V posted like two days ago was basically you, you need luck. You need a lot of hard work and you need good timing. But it's not going to happen without, you know, these pieces together. So there's a lot of kind of like luck involved in, you know, getting success overnight. But I believe in working hard for, you know, uh, a long term vision definitely will be uh, more rewarding than something in the short term. I, I totally believe in that. And I think Gary Vee is a great example too, because he literally told us, he's like, hey, I replied to every tweet, like yeah. every DM. And that's how I built my community. So when a lot of and people- He, he makes me feel bad sometimes when when he said yeah. that. And, and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot to come to reply on some YouTube comments. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to go now and, and reply to them. So it's, yeah, it makes sense. Like you have to be more involved. And in, in, and I think the idea is basically be humble, right? authentic and humble and and enjoy the process uh riley i want to ask you yeah go ahead go ahead we have a delay so i just think that like as long as you're providing value that's kind of what gary v wants out of your content too right if you're being you know valuable for your community member even if we don't necessarily remember to reply to every comment you know make four tiktoks a day like he tells us to do things it it is a list of things but if you can get even some of that list done like you're in a better spot for sure absolutely so I wanted to ask you about the content creation part of your NFTs. So which yeah. uh, which platform are you posting on uh, and what software or tools are you using to create those pieces of art? Uh, so so think of somebody who doesn't know what an NFT is. So that, that, that might be somebody in the audience. Oh, yeah. So the first NFT platform I ever used was OpenSea, like by Mm. far, I think the most known platform. And it's very easy. um, If you are already somewhat onboarded into crypto, like you need a crypto wallet. So that's like the big first step for anyone that doesn't know anything about cryptocurrency and NFTs Mm -hmm. is just maintaining a safe wallet because if you don't know how to protect it, it's literally like your social security card, like you have to protect your private keys like you would your bank account. And Crypto is finances. So when people are like, oh, I want to create my art, do NFTs, like you do have to get some finance knowledge in there about like, how does cryptocurrency work? Like Mm -hmm. what would be a good, I know Ethereum has been around for a long time and that's like the primary NFT, you know, cryptocurrency, but there are also uh, other, you know, coins like Polana or uh, 
Polygon and mm -hmm. Solana, which are carbon neutral and a lot cheaper to get started. So I would say like you don't need thousands of dollars to get started in the NFT space. I would say you could get started with like less than $50. Like the barrier to entry is very low. You don't need any special iPads. Like I have one, but you don't need that. You could take just a picture and make that into an NFT if you truly wanted to. Like I know a lot of artists who do like their poetry or, you know, there's a lot that you can okay. do. Anything that's a digital file, you can make into an NFT basically. And for somebody who never heard what an NFT is or doesn't know yeah. what it is, how would you explain it to them and like talk to me like I'm five? <laughs> well, yeah, of course. So I always say a non-fungible token or an NFT is like a digital asset. And then digital in the sense that it could be like any digital file, right? Like we think of the JPEG as like the first thing, but it could be anything. And the asset part of it is kind of how it relies to the blockchain and cryptocurrency. But every NFT is basically created from its own smart contract. So if you know anything about coding, like each contract mm -hmm. is unique. And that's where we get like the metadata or like the properties of each NFT that makes it unique, basically. Yeah, like uh, when I was explaining this to my brother, who was a bit older than me. I just said, hey, yeah. think of like a, a king seal, right? So there's only one way to know that's the original one. So it's like yeah. a certificate or something like that, that, you know, that tells you that this is the, the original copy. And even if you make copies of, of that, it doesn't change the, the certificate part or the, the smart contract. And that's how exactly. it, yeah, it, stays, uh, it stays secure, I guess. Yeah. And uh, the smart contract is also why you can't really just like right click save an NFT mm -hmm. because you can relate a smart contract to things like token gated software or, you know, things like you won't be able to access the software if you don't hold the NFT. Yes. So when people who are holders talk about utilities, they're usually talking about something like that, something tangible that like your NFT can give you as value because you invested in it or you hold it right now. Okay. And okay. what kind of NFTs or uh, what kind of artwork you like you mainly focus on uh i've seen yeah. some of them on on your twitter page but can you tell us like what what's what's the type of art that you focus on yeah i focus on a uh, surreal art so basically mm -hmm. my art i just want to reflect a world that is like a little bit more colorful a little bit more interesting than our world so i paint a lot of like the beach or you know things that are around me basically i get a lot of inspiration from nature but i've also done works in other mediums as well so i think most of my nfts have been some combination of like painting and digital art but i've done ceramics and sculpture and metal welding and stuff too so i definitely want to keep it open for the future like for the I, I really loved by the way the yeah. the yeah. drawn shots you had in purple oh thank you that was really nice yeah purple yeah, is I my color <laughs> Oh, yeah. I need to not use that more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it looks really nice. Uh, so, Riley, uh, in, in terms of like, uh, you know, the the uh, the NFT space, uh, if somebody's, you know, want to just jump on it now, what, what would be your advice or let's say, what would you tell them uh, if, if they just want to jump on it and they don't have a, an idea about what to do uh, in terms of making NFTs or selling them? but they have a, a background in art or like graphic design and they want to jump on it. Yeah. And I would say like anybody 
even if you don't have a background of like art or graphic design could become involved in the nft space like mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity even for people with like traditional jobs like accounting or like legal like they really need people in the <laughs> nft space right now so if you're thinking about like web3 jobs ultimately what i would say or like even just getting into the nft space in general is start with education and i gary b says the same thing you need like 50 hours <laughs> of dedicated research yeah. because the space moves so quickly and it's all based on very new technology so when you're thinking about like what are the implications of this very new technology it's a whole new industry that like blockchain in general has only been around for 10 years and when we're thinking about creation of industries like that's very very new yeah. so yeah. you can still build it you know if you join the space now you're going to have an influence in how it goes into the future right as you're building your community and if you like, you know, certain art or certain things, like you can be an influence in the community because you are creating your voice, right? Like you're sharing that there. So I think that's the coolest part of the space is like the newest content creators, like they're really sharing like they're authentic, like this is my art. This is what I wanted to do. Not because a gallery told me to do it, but because mm -hmm. it's meaningful to me. That's awesome because uh, we, we've seen this happen in many industries, right? So some people yeah. just jump on it because they want to make a quick buck and uh, and they don't really have a passion for it. And like, you know, uh, Gary V said or other mentors, like that's not the right way. That's not the right reason to start this. You, you want to have a passion for it, but at the same time, you want to have a long-term plan, not just I want to make quick buck because we know it's difficult to make quick buck uh, with, with any kind of new industry. Like there are, there are ways to do it, but uh, it's about luck. It's about, you know, knowing knowing really deeply the, the, the what you said the research part right you have to know it like from a to z and and I, and I see a lot of people like especially on twitter and different platforms they try to jump on it just for the the money part and i think that's not the right reason would you agree with that i i definitely would agree with that i think that you know there are of course stories of people making you know thousand mm -hmm. dollars overnight <laughs> And so that's going to cause a lot of attention. But I think if you are getting into the space of like, I'm just going to mint out a project and leave, like that's, yeah. not, that's a scam, you know, that people are not going to long-term, you know, want that. And because the space is so new, you know, some people will get arrested yeah. one day. So I mean, if you are just like, oh, I'm going to create a business and then it, I'm not actually going to create that business. I'll just lie to people. Like there are already laws in place to be like, hey, don't do that. So I think it's very important if you're trying to market NFTs, you're trying to market your art, like don't promise people like you're going to immediately become rich. Mm -hmm. That's a very bad marketing strategy, I would say. It's a lot better to be like, this is what I'm bringing as value. You know, I'm showing up here every day. This is what my art is. You can talk to me. You know, how many artists can you go randomly talk to and, you know, talk about their work? So I think the space is so small, like you could reach out to the next Picasso right now and, mm -hmm. you know, collect their work. and. I think that's the exciting part, not the like get rich quick overnight part for sure. Yeah, that's an awesome advice. C can you tell us uh, about your content creation day? What would that look like for you? So the reason I'm asking this, I ask this uh, a lot of creators is because uh, I, I want to see the mindset part of creating content. So ev everyone is different, right? So some, some people work in the morning, some people work at night, some people work outside, some inside, some are introverts, some extroverts. So what are your kind of like, uh, let's say, um, so what are the things you do before you start creating the content? And what would that day look like? Is there a specific day? So um, yeah. what is it? 
So I think I try to, of course, like drink coffee in the morning. Okay. <laughs> like just <Same. laughs> make sense for a second, you know, and when I thought about, you know, your question, some content creation is definitely very organic in mm -hmm. the moment, not planned. And I think those are also like great times to shoot. Like if you're with your friends or, you know, you're at the beach or whatever, but I think other videos or, you know, content, I have definitely more plans. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, knowing your lighting, like if y'all want to go scout neighborhood like locations around where it's local or I look at my calendar a lot because if you have like event-based content creation it's always really good to prepare for that so like I I go to like an nft conference or something like I might want to create content around that but like planning your day at a huge convention is a little bit different than just planning like a get ready with me video at home or something mm -hmm. So I think if you can be really organized about your schedule and then like what's coming up in what do I need to prepare for in the future content wise, like that can really help in the moment. But yeah, just some combination of like organic and planned content is kind of how I choose to go about it. And I think that's the healthy way, right? Because uh, you want to, yeah. it's something we say in the YouTube space is like one video for me and one video for the audience. So it's kind of like a balance yeah. of, of those, right? Um, uh, do you, by the way, do you use Notion? I just was curious. I do use Notion. Okay, I love, same. I, I love I Notion. Only tools. So any new tool, like I automatically want to learn about it and like, okay. how, how can I use this? How can I integrate this into my system? So like you mentioned, like the drone, like super great for taking pictures or, you know, things that you can't normally get with like certain tools. I just like to see how they work, right? Like, why is this uh, microphone better? Or like, why, how am I going to get the shot? Because I have a drone now and or something like that. And case, yeah. in, case in point is Polywork. That's how we actually met. So yeah, exactly, that's, that's yeah. a new platform and I'm really excited about it. It's really awesome. I am really excited about Polywork, honestly. I like it so much better than like LinkedIn. Like, it, exactly. <laughs> I feel it's like, like a, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's like a mix of Twitter and LinkedIn, but it's way better than both. Yeah, it, I would totally agree with that. It is way better than both. <laughs> Go Polywork. So yeah, join Polyworks if you're a creator. That's <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the best platforms for creators. Uh, Riley, I want to ask you about uh, like failures and successes. What, what, what can you tell us about your biggest failure and success when it comes to creating content, but also generally in your life? Like this, this question is more about, you know, inspiring others from success and failure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think my biggest failures have always been like times where I gave up, especially mm -hmm. surrounding content creation, because it can be very frustrating. It can be very daunting, especially when you feel like you're starting from zero, you know, like you gain a follower, they unfollow you like that. That is a very mm -hmm. big grind. So it took me a long time to just like, let's get through that. Let's start making genuine connections with people. Right. And I think that's what helped me get over that. And in terms of like other failures, like I've had a lot of like stress in my life. So if you have like family stress or, you know, like if you come from an abusive situation, like don't let people feel like, oh, you have to be the most productive person. Like you went through abuse. Like, you know, yeah. if that was uh, something that you had to deal with, like we need to take time for our mental health, our sanity, our energy, or like you were saying, like one video for you, one video for the audience. Like silence, that, right? That has to be, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And then I would say my biggest success has been just all of the support that I've gained since joining the NFT space and, you know, being confident enough to share my art. Like I've been followed by like Paris Hilton and Pussy Riot and like awesome. amazing female creators because 
basically I wasn't nervous enough to share my art before, you know? So if you can get through some of those walls that you built for yourself, and I know we all built walls for ourselves somewhere, <laughs> that is definitely how I would, you know, encourage others to get through some of the tougher times. Okay. Uh, okay. Just, uh, one sec. Yeah. I heard some, some bit of like mic noise, but now it's gone. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. No worries. Uh, we're going to edit all of this. Um, so my next question for you, Riley, is about mentorship. Is there somebody that you look up to in terms of, uh, you know, advice or as a mentor? It could be a person or a book or something. So we talked about Gary Vee, but is there someone else? Yeah, besides like the NFT influencers that are super huge, I would say like I've been very inspired by the classical masters in the art world. So like every day I think about, you know, my trip when I went to the Louvre in Paris and I just walked around like rooms for hours looking at these like huge paintings, these huge marble statues and just really imagining like what would my work be like here? You know what I mean? Like we still think about all these artists from the Renaissance like hundreds of years later and their creations are really what, you know, we think about all the time. And I saw the Mona Lisa in person and it's so small and it's they created a wall in the middle of the room just for this one painting. So it's like obvious, like that's the center of the room. Like you walk into the room and everybody knows. And I think that, you know, showing like longevity through your creations and everything, that's really mentored me in a way. I've never met any of these artists, right? But I feel like we've all been, you know, touched by at least one of the masters, you know, whether it be like Monet or Picasso and things. So I think that's really what I've been inspired by artistically. I think I've had a lot of really important teachers and mentors that have been like a little more personal to me that nobody would have known, you know, like my math teacher or something. But in terms of what everyone would know, of course, like, you know, Paris Hilton, Gary Vee, but yeah, definitely all of the artists in the world. <laughs> That's incredible because uh, talking about like the, the artists from the Renaissance era, like my biggest yeah. idol is uh, Da Vinci, Leonardo Da Vinci. Oh, yeah. And guess what? He was a polymath. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was yeah. a polymath. So, Da Vinci was <laughs> Crazy. Like, so, like, like, for me, that era is where kind of like art and science, everything kind of, you know, melted together in a beautiful way. And you can find people who were like doctors, scientists, philosophers, astronomers. And I, I think kind of we lost our way in, in terms of like, you know, being, uh, let's say, multidimensional human being, right? So and I, I was always ins inspired by that. But uh, in, in today's society, it's more about being a specialist or narrowing down. And, and I've always was inspired by the past instead of, like, let's say, the, what's happening now. And Da Vinci, for me, was a big idol. And, and when you said that about the Louvre, it really hit home for me. Yeah, when you said that about like Da Vinci being like very, you know, multi-passionate, multi-talented, like that's so true. I feel like a lot of the people in the past, they were like philosophers, mathematicians, artists, like they did so much. And now we are very like one specialized, like, but I think, you know, polywork is hopefully trying to change that. That's like, how I don't we're on it. <laughs> yeah. Artists. Yeah. I don't want to be just a content creator. Like we are all so much more, right? Absolutely. Uh, Riley, there is something about the internet that um it's good but also <laughs> you know the other yeah. side right the dark side which is the toxicity the 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 negative uh, feedback or the comments that people get have you ever faced any of these issues and how did you deal with them because that's the the biggest kind of like uh you know the biggest monster hiding behind the bush for content creators is the wild you know nature of the internet and the dark oh, side of yeah. it 
That's very true. It's fun to talk about. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Not everyone will be happy with you or your choices. And no, that's like whatever content that you choose to make. (laughs) Like someone will probably be upset in some way. Even if you're just doing a dancing video, they'll be like, why are you dancing? How dare you? Or if you're talking about something, they might not share that opinion. But I think you can't please everybody. So it's too emotionally taxing to just deal with like that burden. So if you have like negative feedback or criticism, I think it is worth doing like a little bit of self-introspection to be like, why would they comment that? Mm-hmm. Is it because, you know, they just don't really have, you know, they're just commenting to be negative or was it actually like, hey, you know, your lighting could have been better. Like there are some, you know, things that are constructive criticisms. And I think, you know, you should pay attention to the comments that you have that are not always, you know, good, but not hateful. If you're getting really hateful comments, then, you know, just ban them, you know, delete the comment, you know, you don't need to deal with that. Yeah, ignore it. Because online toxic behavior, you know, it can feel really dramatic in that moment. But like, as time passes, it kind of doesn't feel as bad. And that's kind of what I've noticed. It can be very, very dramatic in the moment. But if you just let time pass in that scenario, like, okay, somebody made a negative comment, like you're still going to make more videos. And then like, everyone's going to forget about it eventually. Yeah, I had literally the same discussion like two days ago with another guest on the podcast. And it was about like, the, the the contrast between what happens online and real life like how many times yeah. people come to you and say something rude in real life it's so rare it's like it's like if that happens it would be like the highlight of your life that something happened like that but online it's oh. rampant is because people are hiding behind the keyboard anonymous and stuff like that so yeah just human nature i guess yeah i mean it just takes some deep breaths try to be positive go outside don't look at your phone if that helps in those situations but i would say letting that stop you is the mistake though just because there are negative people online like don't let that stop your shine <laughs> right be is there something you do when it comes to social media like uh you know keeping your phone uh in on focus mode when you create content or like turning off notifications that kind of keeps you uh, more focused, less distracted? Is there something you do about social media distractions in your content creation uh, days? That is definitely something I need to work on. I mean, I do my lists on like Notion and be like, this is, I have to get this done today, no Mm -hmm. matter what, right? But in terms of like little everyday distractions, I I totally, I'm very ADHD. So we're working through that. Yeah, but um, as long as you know some of your issues, like you can help combat that. So I know I'm ADHD and get distracted easily. Like I can tell, like I need to, definitely focus on you know this is my calendar i'm actually the same uh and i found a really cool app uh it's on ios and android it's called like grow a tree or something so it's basically yeah it it blocks all the apps that you know you don't want to use like social media apps and every time you kind of like look at them because you can force the app to you know go back to normal mode they it you you have to pay uh, a small amount and that amount goes to growing trees around the world Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Because off TikTok and groceries. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Riley, the question that really comes to mind now is about staying positive. So, we're going to move from the negative side to the positive side. Uh, yeah. What are, yeah. What are some of the things that you do to stay positive every day and keep the energy flowing? We know for content creation or in general to be creative, yeah. 
it takes a lot of energy. And sometimes uh, you, you can have one discussion or one small talk with somebody and it can drain the energy for the whole day, right? So we know that's so difficult to stay in that creative mode. So what do you do usually or sometimes to keep that energy high or, you know, bounce back from a negative, uh, you know, moment? Yeah. So I learned from like working in retail, like if you start at a really high positive level and somebody who is negative comes into your store or whatever, it tries to bring you down. It's a lot harder if you're already up here. If you start at like a mid positive level and you're like, okay, I'm going to create content, but I'm not super positive about it. Yeah. It's a lot easier to bring yeah. you down. But if you're like, no, I'm very excited about my content and this is why I care about it so much. And then you get some negativity. It's a lot easier to stay positive from a high positive point. That's also kind of hard to maintain. Like you said, like one conversation could be really, really draining for you. So I think it's important to pay attention to like what is draining to you. Do you feel like you're very drained after this? Or do you feel like, okay, no, I completed this video, but I can still move on to like searching about what I'm going to do content about next or writing out like a script or something. I think if you can switch gears sometimes that can also help you if you're focused on one task for like hours and hours and hours like editing it's it's going to be more draining than if you're able to just switch up mentally and yeah. focus but yeah. as far as other ways of like staying grounded it's important to just do things that make you happy even if they're small like I love sharing my cup of coffee so like in the morning like that's you know my me time and things so if you can find even just like small positive things that you're like okay this is what I'm gonna latch on to it's very brief like just chill I think that helps definitely in keeping like a base positivity and then if you don't want to tell people then just don't tell people like you don't have to tell everybody in your life that I'm going to try to create content now. I mm -hmm. think that can be very scary for people. So, you know, if somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, I saw you're creating TikTok videos now, you can be like, oh, that's cool. You saw that. But like, you don't need to tell everybody like, oh, this is what I'm going to do now. Yeah. My journey. It can be a lot harder when you start putting expectations on like, oh, no, now everybody knows. And then I didn't create a video or you know what I mean? Like it's it's easier to build a base from you know strangers online than it is like your local like, oh, I'm going to show my best friend my TikTok. Like that's a lot more draining, I would say. That's such a beautiful piece of advice because I, I feel a lot of people can resonate with this because when you want to create content, you know, you have yeah. these great ideas and usually we, we tend to want to share share them because we're so excited. We want to share them with our partners, friends, family. But sometimes it's better to just shut up and do the work. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, build your small bubble with the Internet instead of just telling everybody, hey, I'm going to do this. And like just can be just like one one like small intonation or voice. You say like, oh, I'm doing NFTs. And people say NFTs. Ah. Oh. This um, yeah. can bring the whole week for you. Like, it's so critical to just, you know, don't tell people that and just focus on the work. And I, yeah. and, and I, I can tell you this personally. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true i mean if it's your dream like don't let other people tell you that your dream isn't your dream and they're like oh no that's stupid you should never be on yeah. youtube well, like there are so many people who have made it because of youtube now like they just think it's stupid but that's not your problem right absolutely so just like uh basically for anybody listening stick to what you want to do at least i would say at least like few months right to actually get the yeah. momentum and and keep the the wheel of you know cr content creation going 
And then maybe you can ask some people in the communities because there are a lot of Facebook groups that can help you with some specific, you know, things. You don't have to ask your friend about, hey, how how I can how can I like make this lighting work if they don't know? You can go to a Facebook group with other like-minded people that can help you. So there's no excuse to just say, oh, I, I, I'm sharing this with my friend or my family or somebody I, I know because I want help. That's a fake excuse. You you don't want help. You just want to, you, you're excited. So you want to tell them that you're doing something good and that can be a recipe for disaster as we just discussed. So yeah. And I mean, I think it's still okay to eventually share, like, I've been working on this. I'm excited yeah, to like- exactly. After, after but, you started, not just yeah. like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they don't support you, like, don't let that stop you though, is my point too. Yeah, absolutely. Just keep going. Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> Uh, Riley, we're almost done with the podcast time. So can you tell us uh, what would you di do differently if you started today, which is basically an advice for somebody starting today and you're talking to them now? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we talked a lot about like the start and the stop of like content creation. So I would just say if I could maintain more consistency, even with really small goals, like that is really good for, you know, starting your creative journey. So like if you can get, you know, your first goal to be like, I want 50 followers, like that's a very small goal, but it's doable. And then after you have 50 followers, you'll realize like, oh, wait, I could have doubled this goal. It's a lot easier to keep having smaller goals that you will be able to fulfill than being like, I want to have 10,000 followers right now. It's a lot harder <laughs> to think about because even if you made, you know, a thousand followers, that's really great, like social proof for a lot of people. If somebody looks at your page and they're like, wow, a thousand other people like followed you. That is a definite like positive. But if you just felt like, no, I'm not at 10,000 yet, then it's a lot it's harder to keep being motivated. Right. So. I think if I was starting my journey all over again from zero, I would definitely try to keep small goals, keep collaborating, you know, with other creators, especially if they can help you with like, hey, I had a lighting question or things like maybe your best friend doesn't know about what the best microphone is to use. But if you can network with other creators that are like similar size to you, like that's honestly like a win win. Like, and if you can create friendships from it, that's even better. Right. So. I think if you start with like, I just want to make all the money overnight, like that's not a great, you know, mindset to be like, I'm going to continue this journey for a very long time. Because when you don't make money, you know, immediately, you might just think like, oh, I'm never going to get any opportunities from content creation. But that could be farther from the truth. Like I've gotten so many opportunities just from, you know, putting myself out there, creating content, sharing my art, talking with people. But it wouldn't have happened if you just were like, no, nope, I'm too small. <laughs> like, not for me. So I think, you know, don't limit yourself. Like, that's my biggest thing. Because I felt very limited myself. I'm like, no, I'm only, you know, a person. Like, I'm not a huge celebrity. But, you know, nobody is above you, right? Everyone is going to be at the same level, even if they're like a CEO or something. Like, nobody is better than you, right? So just, you know, remember that, remember your thoughts. And that, like, if you're sharing your authentic self, then that's not bad, right? That's you. If you're sharing your non-authentic self online, you know, then maybe take a look at like why you feel the need to do that. Is it just because you're going, you want to go viral? Is it just because you want to make money with like brands, sponsorships and things? Because if you go down a path for a very long time and you're like, I'm going to build this career surrounding media, like content creation is, it's a media-based career, basically. You want to make sure that you're representing you authentically so that if you decide to do something a few years from now, like it's not going to, you know, misrepresent what you wanted to, right? Beautifully said. 
<laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Because so, I don't know that everyone yeah. will be a content creator forever, right? If you yes. want to go be a CEO, like you shouldn't have all this content laying around that you're not proud of, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I believe in the concept of polywork or being a polymath, because we have so yeah. many passions that sometimes the like the society or like the people around us, they kind of like push them down and we we're supposed to do this. And if you do many things, you're, you're not going to be successful, but success is, is, is a uh, subjective, you know, like it's, uh, it's not something that uh, you, you, I can take your success and apply it to my life and then I'm going to be happy. So we, there's a lot of elements that we kind of disregard in our society nowadays, especially doing something that you really love. But at the same time, you feel fulfilled and and we we always chase the numbers, like like you said, big numbers, like I want to get to a million subscribers, I want to be rich. But sometimes just focusing on what you actually can do now can get you there. That's, that's the funny thing. You can get there when you don't really care about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But when you stress about it, that's when you burn out and that's what that's a recipe for not getting there. It's so funny. Yeah. So Riley, yeah, Riley, uh, can you tell us about your next projects and where can people find you? Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm always going to be creating art, but, you know, in addition to that, I'm in the process of writing my first book about, you know, NFTs and the creative economy, you know, helping people like learn about like the philosophy of art, why it matters and just creating a more, you know, safe, but, uh, let's see, like longevitable, you know, resources. Because a lot of people will tell you, like, go onto Twitter spaces to learn. But like, those are all like live audio, not record, you know, and it's harder to find resources that are like in print form. So I've been working on that. That's my newest project. And yeah, just always creating more content. Um, I'm Riley Armand on Twitter and TikTok. So <laughs> and we're going to put uh, all the links in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So Riley, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we should definitely continue to connect in the future. Absolutely. Uh, I would love to have you on the show again and talk about your progress and what we learned together. Oh, awesome. I, I would just love to be friends, honestly. Yeah, sure. Uh, that would be really great. Thank you guys for watching the show and see you in the next one.